This could be very random tonight. I think it could be, yes. Yeah. Mm, okay. Who knows where this pod will go? Okay, let's go. <clears throat> we could even use this as the opener. <laughs> <laughs> that we can. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Hi everyone, welcome back to The Back Peg. No, it's not the Making Wave series that is firmly in the books. It was a pleasure to do, a pleasure to focus on the Women's World Cup for 2023. But we're back into our regular programming once again. And I have absolutely no idea what episode number this will be because I didn't look it up before we started recording. But it'll be episode whatever number it is. Lads, you're with me. You know what it is. I did look it up, Nathan. 24. Episode 24. There we go. Up late. Yes. This is an up late. (laughs) And who knows where this one will end up. I've forgotten what it's like to do one of these. (laughs) <laughs> so why? It's been over two months. And in true backpack fashion, I've come in here with absolutely no notes, no preparation, and it might come across as an unscripted ramble for the next hour and a half because it very much is. Pretty much will be. And if and if we last that long, let's see how we go. This will be a very random pod, I think. But anyway, let's mm. see how it goes. <laughs> Uh, geez, it'll be like riding a bike, I'm sure. Uh, you know, yes. Even though I've, you know, like you said, point to be made, this will be unscripted as the in true backpack fashion. There's no preparation that's going into these episodes, so aside from guests that we get on occasionally, which we will have on in coming weeks, and one in particular that's mm, going to be interesting. Very much looking forward to that. Stay yes, tuned. Yes, stay tuned. So uh, no names being dropped right now. Working on a couple of things, so and one just got to confirm a date, so interesting times ahead as he rubs What's his hands that, uh, as he rubs his hands uh, gleefully yes <laughs> what's the phrase that uh, I think rappers use when they got something dropping uh, big things coming soon is that the phrase <laughs> man I'm too old for rap you know that no <laughs> no I'm not I'm not um for some rap, anyway. But uh, yes, there you go. Yeah. Well, let's just go with big things, if, as you said, coming soon, or whatever mm. you said. Yeah, that's so the one. where do we start, Nathan? Where do we start? It's the mm. hangover after the Women's World Cup. I think It does feel like a hangover. That's the right word to use. Mm. Because my socials are still filled with lots of things from the World Cup, be it mm-hmm. the, uh, the Nikki Webster surprise concert in Brisbane. <laughs> I Same never thought of, that. uh... that's some that's one person I never <laughs> thought we would mention on this pond. <laughs> <laughs> Well done, Steph Catley. Yes, indeed. It became sort of like a, a theme for the Matildas during the World Cup, and um, they were using it as a little bit of their bringing the energy sort of song, pump-up song, if you will. And, yeah, nice surprise for the team, having Nikki Webster um, perform the song. I had no idea she was still of, performing. Neither did I. There you go. Yeah, mm. well done, well done. Great to see um, Sam Kerr get behind the mic mm. later on in the performance. A lot of fun. Uh, good to see them let their hair down. Yes. But, um, yes, I think this week we're entitled to a, a bit of a hangover, but I think uh, come next week, uh, questions will start being asked. Mm. And on that, just today, Laz, we had the uh, the fixtures come out for the A-League, men's mm. and women's for the new season. Yes, that's true. Season commencing in two months' time, slightly mm-hmm. less on the A-League women's side of things, which is mm-hmm. great. Kicking things off with a Sydney derby in the first weekend in the A-League women's. And a standalone round mm. as well. Yeah. 
I think good to get the focus on that side of things, particularly what we've just seen over the last month. Mm -hmm. And look, I'm not expecting full houses for the competition this season, but I am hoping for a a good bump in attendances and ratings and everything that goes with that. Yeah, I agree with you, Nathan. Apparently they've, uh, well, I mean, the benchmark may not have been that high, but um, they've already well exceeded the um, annual memberships across the A-League women's. So, um, and that's only been since Monday, from what I understand. So, yeah, I've heard Sydney breaking records and Mm. Melbourne Victory, I think, broke their record yesterday. And part of that is the hype surrounding the women's game now. Yeah, indeed. But also because they're priced amazingly good. I think 50, 60 bucks for a membership for a season is unbelievable value. And something that we've sort of been talking about more so on the men's side of things for a while now is that under 16s go free. Yeah, that's really good. It's really good mm. to see. And um, well done to all involved. And hopefully the numbers can keep going up. Uh, and look, yeah, like I said, I think as of next week, there'll be a lot of questions asked with regards to not only the professional game, uh, but also uh, the MPL and the grassroots uh, level as well, because um, there have been some rumblings here locally as well in New South Wales with regards to uh, the women's game. But um, yeah, nothing's really confirmed as yet from what I understand, but let's just uh, wait and see what happens, I think, as of next week. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, a highlight from the fixture that I was scanning through is that there's no 3 p.m. kickoffs in summer. There's some to- at the start and the end of the season, but they are pushed back November to February, I think it was. Mm. And that's something that we mentioned on the last pod, which is yeah. good to see. Yeah, it sounds. Like, it seems like they were listening. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we it's can It's a take logical thing to... Yeah, I don't think we can. It's a logical step to make. <laughs> it is, isn't it, really? I mean, it's a no-brainer. Mm. It but, really is hey, no brainer. Logic is something that sometimes in the past has uh, gone by the wayside. Too true. Too true. And on the men's side of things as well, it's good to see that uh, it is a bit of a delay. It is after the October international mm-hmm. break. So, yes, the, yes, the uh, third weekend in October, I think it is. Yep. Season gets underway. We have a big blue in the first round for the A-League men's. Ooh, very interesting. And some people, I think, get up in arms a little bit having a, a big game in the first round because there's a little bit of the still preseason vibes yeah. and it's not quite hitting, hitting the heights that it would uh, no, in week five. But it's irrelevant. I'm sorry. It's irrelevant. Need a curtain raiser. Yeah, well, there's got to be a game to open up the season, right? So why not? It happens in... Okay, so you don't get Manchester United versus Liverpool in the first round. Sure, in the Sometimes appeal. get, say, Manchester United-Chelsea. We had Chelsea-Liverpool. Yeah, I was just yeah. going to say. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, but in other parts of the world, it's quite common. In fact, I recall in Greece once, uh, not once, more than once, they've opened up the season with Olympiakos Panathinaikos mm. or Olympiakos Aik. It's, it's not uncommon, you know. Um, but why not a big blue to kick off the season? And look, this is a big season for Melbourne victory, really. Oh, yeah, it is. A club that typically we're expecting them to be competing for honours. Correct. They've been away from that for for some time now, by and large. Yeah. It's a big season for them. It's a big season for Popper. Correct. It's a big season for everyone, including those in the stand and those in the boardroom. Oh, yeah. Very, very big season for them, I think. But obviously, we'll get uh, into that a little bit closer to the date. But yeah, it's... I do like the way that the Western Sydney Wanderers launch their or divulge their information. So or launch their kits. So they launch their goalkeepers kit, which I don't know if you've happened to see, which is really clever, right? Um, 
Mary Herbst would be a bit jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Nathan, there's no need for that. But <laughs> hey, she's right to point it out. She is. She's 100% right. And Nike and there's do a, an Australian it. angle on that as well, that a lot McKenzie of people would have been buying mm. a McKenzie Arnold shirt, yeah. Mm. And I think Nike actually should an apology, I believe. Mm. Uh, this the thing is, if they do it now, it's a little bit too late. And Well, that's why maybe, they've done it. Yeah. That's why they've issued yeah. the apology, right? Mm. <laughs> Oops, we realised we're, you know, we effed up, but that's okay. Sorry we missed out on revenue. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, how stupid. Yeah. But never, nevertheless. Uh, but, yeah, the wonder is actually I noticed online as well have um, gotten their local junior clubs or in their catchment area, have kids like involved with those clubs to actually, you know, um, state the home fixtures. So pretty cool way to mm. uh, to involve you know the clubs and actually focus on you know um, bringing light to those clubs in that area. Yeah, anything that involves the grassroots is good on the elite side of things, mm. and that can be filtered into the MPL system as well if you like, because there's still so much. I'm not going to say it, unwarranted, but it is overblown a little bit. The animosity between the A League and the levels below. Yeah, I think and so. I get that there's still some grievances over how the A League was formed, how it came over the top, and everything that goes with that. Mm. I think it's starting to move in the right direction though, because we're going to see the second division come in yeah. next year or the year after and the Australia Cup is a great initiative there's mm-hmm. plenty more being done to bridge the gap and I can understand some grievances and some grudges being held but look I'm not saying build a bridge and get over it but it's I think it's time to like sort of come together a little bit more than we have in the past Agreed with that sentiment there are a few things to iron out so the national second division is a issue that has got to come into the spotlight again now that the Women's World Cup is over mm. because we're at the end of the MPL season this weekend in Sydney and yeah it's um, you know 2024 is rapidly approaching Nathan as we go to the end of August here. so let's again you know I think I think this coming week will be a busy week in the, in the world of football here in Australia I'd say I'd be very surprised if we get an announcement that the second division is starting in March or April yeah likewise I, I'd be very surprised like but, yeah if it is then I can't see it going well because giving at most eight months for these clubs mm. to prepare for a competition and a change of scenery that is vastly going to increase the mm. cost, I don't see it working. Mm. I think it's getting to the point now where it should be publicly announced that it's delayed to 2025 because I can't see it working too well if we're still at the point of ironing out some creases and deciding on how the competition is going to work, which clubs are going to be involved. I think it's getting a little bit too late in the day. Look, I was uh, up at a sports conference on the Gold Coast the week before the week or two weeks before the Women's World Cup kicked off with a lot of stakeholders. And I can tell you that there is definitely a appetite for the second division across the stakeholders. However, the, it is right now unclear as to what format this competition is going to take and what, what the look of it is going to be. So there's a bit of water under the bridge. Uh, there, oh, sorry, there's a bit of water that needs to go under the bridge first before anything is announced. But I think things will move rapidly either way. Either, you know, a decision will be made to postpone it or change the, the perceived format, you know, because the preferred format right now is still home and away, but feasibility will come into that. So, yeah, it'll be a, a you know, uh, watch this space. But I think now <clears throat> the landscape of football needs to be looked at as well with regards to the women's game. I think there needs to be an Australian Cup for women. I know it's been on the agenda, but I think that needs to be really pushed as well. And why not get that onto the template and, um, you know, and highlight that because you can see what the round of 32 and look, I get it for logistical purposes. The round of 32 had to be played during the Women's World Cup and it was done well in the off days, right? But, you 
you know, now we, you know, there needs to be a promotion of the round of 16, you know. Yeah, which starts yeah. up next week. Yeah, you know, and there needs to be, um, and I think we need to, as a game, need to differentiate, um, you know, the game from the other sports as well with regards to having the ability to do this Australia Cup in the women's game. I think it's it's critical. Yeah, I'm with you. A cup competition is not something that you'll ever see in the other codes here. They do it in the UK with the rugby league teams, and I dare say that's built off the success of the, mm. the FA Cup, the, the football version. I don't think you ever get to a point where you see, I don't know, in the NRL, the Brisbane Broncos against, I don't know, well, Newtown yeah. Jets, Correct. for example. Correct, yeah. So that is a unique point of difference of football. Yes, it's great that it's up and running, and those who are really into it seem to enjoy it, but it doesn't get enough spotlight. No. And I think a women's version is coming. Yeah. Unless I'm mistaken. I think for next year or the year after. Yeah, I hope that they should forward. they should bring it forward to next year. Mm. Yeah, they should bring it forward to next year. Expedite. I think it was actually for two to three years away, but no, let's let's bring it forward to this year, like to next year and get it on template, you know. And uh, you know, let the you know the women's uh, football, football followers gather around it because you've got clubs like Sydney Uni, for instance, who have been a stall, you know a traditional powerhouse of uh, women's football at the NPL level, right? Clubs like that. So why not? You know, clubs in, in Queensland. So let's get them um, involved. Yeah, absolutely. The more football, the better. I think on both couldn't sides of things. Couldn't agree with you more. But we need to start disagreeing about stuff. So let's get. We do. We do. We do. <laughs> Hi everyone, Nathan here in post. Thank you very much for checking out this episode. I thought I should leave a little note struck warning here regarding our next topic of discussion. It does concern Mason Greenwood. I understand and appreciate it's a very difficult and sensitive topic for many. And as such, I've included a timestamp in the description of this episode, as well as some links to White Ribbon and 1-800-RESPECT. They do wonderful work in this difficult yet important space. Thanks again, and back to the pod. I want to broach a subject with you, Nathan, because I don't know a lot about it, and I know you, you've been pretty sensitive about it and fired up about it. Right. The administration of Manchester United. Oh, God. And in particular, I know this isn't – we keep saying this is not an EPL show, and it's not. But no, but I the Premier the, League is the highest-profile league in the world and particularly also in this country, mm. even though I'm sure we would like the A-League men's to be of a higher note to sure. the Premier League. But facts remain that if yeah. you're watching a random game of the weekend, it's most likely to be a Premier League game. Although, you know, hey, Optusport does have other leagues and they're not sponsors of ours, which we hate to add. But <laughs> we'll work, you know, we'll work chip away at that. But, I mean, and I'm happy to talk the league with you because one team in particular is flying and, and one Jude Bellingham is flying as well. Mm. But- it's like a bargain these days, to be honest, when you got <laughs> Moises Caicedo doing that at West Ham for £115 million. You've got Jude Bellingham doing what he's doing for, what, $30 million less? Mm, yeah. Yep, absolutely brilliant. Couldn't mm. be happier as a Madrid star, I can tell you. Great I'm start sure. to the season. <laughs> you know, and a great start to his uh, Real Madrid career. I mean, look, and I have to say, the La Liga product on TV with the new um, logo and the um, the EA Sports feel to it looks fantastic packaged on TV. Full credit to them. They've done a really good job. I still yearn for the old logo a little bit. You do that. Time to move on, Nathan. Time to move on. <laughs> it's you the know. same as everything, though. As soon as anything changes, it takes a while to adjust. But how good is it packaged? Yeah, it's great. It's fantastic. It, it looks fantastic. Mm. Right? It looks fantastic uh, when you're watching, when you're consuming that product. So, no, it's um, it's really good to see. But, yes, Manchester United and the administration side of things. 
with regards to a particular player, which I don't, you know, if you want to name, you can. If you don't want to name, I know you're really disgruntled about this whole scenario, right? You and I have spoken about it on, you know, on occasion, like, and you felt pretty down about it. But I think what have they done here with regards to this handling the situation where they were going to say that uh, Mason Greenwood is going to come back? Well, you've just named him. I know, I know. <laughs> but I've got to, we've got to name him just for the context so people yes. that don't happen to know it, right? And given the troubles that he's had, but obviously and the troubles that surround him and that whole situation, which I don't know enough about it, to be honest, because I, you know, it's a sounds at all quite distasteful. So I've avoided it, right? But I'm distasteful. At... I think is putting it quite lightly. Thank you. Um, but yes, yeah, it is like it is like from what I've heard, but or you know the limited that I've heard about it. But I'm looking at it from a sports administration perspective and I'm thinking, what are you actually doing here? You've said that you intend to bring this player back and now obviously there's been an uproar and the brand of Manchester United didn't actually see this coming, the uproar. And, you know, they've since obviously retracted their intent to bring him back into the first grade or first team training. And effectively have decided to part ways, but aren't parting ways because there's going to be a loom move, obviously, that they're going to try and sort out. I don't understand what Manchester United are playing at here. I want all the backpackers to know that Laz was the one who brought up Manchester United. Yes, that's First true. And <laughs> look, and, 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 and look, I, I don't feel dirty about it because it is, it, I mean, you know, yeah. normally I feel I get hives when I talk about mess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, skin crawls, and, you know, it's just, oh. <laughs> right? Just that. I mean, look, and we'll talk, we can talk about the, I'd rather talk about the hideous away strip, to be honest, right? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the, a fan of either of them. Oh, uh, uh, the really ugly green yeah. one. Yes, that one. I have no idea what they what the were smoking when they were actually came up with that mm. design. But yeah. Anyway, yes. Yes. Manchester yeah. United in 2023 is a basket case and it's never far away from a negative story in the press, whether it's the owners or this ongoing mess of a situation with Mason Greenwood. For those who don't know, uh, January 2022, Mason Greenwood was arrested on suspected uh, rape and domestic violence charges, charges which he denies. They were dropped later on after the police statement said that a chance of a conviction was unrealistic. Mm -hmm. And the wording on that is very important. It's not that the charges are... Well, he was found innocent of those charges, he, but a conviction was unrealistic. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Manchester United suspended him with pay at the time of the arrest, which is standard practice. Mm -hmm. And I believe UK law is as such that you can't tear up a contract on an arrest. You have to mm -hmm. wait for a conviction. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you leave yourself open to a sue for loss of earnings and everything that comes with that. So mm -hmm. he stayed on the books of the club with pay as he has done and continues to do so. Mm -hmm. It seems as though that the club had planned, I don't know about the timeline, but seemingly from the get-go, as soon as the charges were dropped, that he would be reintegrated in, into the team. Mm -hmm. Now, Manchester United would say that they were exploring all their options, but mm -hmm. the timeline as it has panned out appears to be that bringing him back into the side was always going to be the preferred option. Mm -hmm. And the entire process leaves 
a bad taste in the mouth, and that's also putting it lightly. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, I'm, I'm disgusted in the club I support. Okay. And my supportership of the club mm. was, and perhaps slightly still is, under significant threat because owners are one thing. You can dislike owners yeah. and you can not believe in what they stand for, but at, at the end of the day, you're effectively supporting the 11 players on the pitch and right. the coaching staff. You can put the ownership to one side. Yes. But if Mason Greenwood was reintroduced back into the team, then... I'm not sure that's something you could support. I could support, mm. and I think plenty of other people are in the same boat. Look, this is a bit of a downer topic, isn't it? Yeah, it is. What Look, are we? But it's a sh- 25 it, it, minutes into the episode, but yeah. it is the big story from the UK side of men's football, mm. and it has from my perspective anyway, overshadowed what's been going on on the pitch mm-hmm. and look, performances. Uh, maybe it's worth overshadowing them. Maybe not uh, with this sort of story, but no. um, hats off straight, I should say, hats off to Adam Crafton from The Athletic mm-hmm. because I believe it's his reporting that has brought on the pushback, mm-hmm. the native press, the protesting surrounding the imminent return of Mason Greenwood to the side. And there's so many aspects of his reporting that really do raise an eyebrow and everything that goes with that. One of the highlights for me is that uh, it was revealed that Manchester United had a list of all the stakeholders in the game, be it in the media mm-hmm. and players and now, politicians is, and so on. This I've read, and this is mm-hmm. this is hot. Like this is and, this is red hot. This this thing here, and this I think when you get to it, right, it reflects exactly what Manchester United's approach is to sports administration at the moment. So they had a list of all these people and all these organisations, and they marked them as hostile or not hostile. And in the hostile column, we had Women's Aid and other women's charities. And surely at some point, at some point along the line, Feel free to it shouldn't have here. been. Okay. It shouldn't have been at this point. It should have been done much earlier in the piece. Thank you. But if you get to this point and you still haven't realized it, marking Women's Aid as a hostile organization to your decision, surely you're making the wrong fucking decision. You feel it's better not for, hard. Do you feel better for letting that out now? I've been digesting this for the past, I don't know how long. I don't know. But look, this is something that's been rumbling on for so long. And supposedly there was going to be an announcement on the 4th of August. Mm-hmm. And that was delayed partly because of backlash partly because hmm maybe we should consult our women's team but no we're not consulting them we're just letting them know about it letting them know our decision we're not asking their opinion we're just telling them ours but we can't tell the women's team because half of them are off of the world cup on the other side of the world hmm and england are doing quite well and i think at the time they were at quarterfinal stages and mm-hmm. playing well mm-hmm. we don't really want to derail their tournament hmm let's delay it and then it just permeates and this whole scenario got so far out of hand it's ridiculous and through the work that Adam Crafton has done from the athletic and that we have to give them a tagline like up the sport not that they're responsible yeah, that's right <laughs> <laughs> But it's worth reading. I'll mm. say I am a subscriber of The Athletic. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth paying for quality journalism. Yep. And I think without the reporting that Adam Crafton did, we would be sitting here on this podcast and saying that Mason Greenwood shouldn't be back in the Manchester United side because he already is. He would be in the in the picture if it wasn't for that reporting. Um, I don't understand look. their logic. Look, not that, okay, Mason Greenwood has every right to try and redeem himself and, you know, but maybe do it elsewhere, right? And under different also, circumstances. Lads, I get the idea that people deserve a second chance, right? Sure. I understand that. Yeah. But in order to earn a second chance, I believe you need to be willing to change. You need to be repentant of whatever it is that you've been accused of. And look, Mason Greenwood will say that he hasn't done anything wrong, even though in the statements put out by himself and the club, they both say they made mistakes and willing to learn from it, but they've not done anything wrong, which is contradictory in in nature. Yeah. You have to be repentant and have to be willing to change and acknowledge what you've done wrong to earn a second chance. Sure. And at least not in what they've put out in public, that doesn't appear to be the case. Now, he stays on the books at Manchester United. 
Yeah. Because they can't sack him because he's not being convicted of anything. Yep. But and the home situation is very complex and convoluted from what I understand as well with regards to Mason Greenwood and yeah, we didn't even the get alleged into victim. That. I mean, you know, which is another adds a layer, another layer of complexity to this whole issue, right? But for, yes, purely from and... the sports administration aspect, mm. you're right. Manchester United I think there was another remedy that was open to them though, Nathan. And that would have been Mason, you've got a contract. It expires in two years. We're paying you out the two, full two years. Here's a, uh, you know, here's a uh, non-disclosure agreement, a settlement for this issue, and off we go. Why wasn't that done? Why wasn't that entertained? I think it's because they think they can get a transfer fee for him. Because well, say he sorry. goes on loan for this season, it's, it's a ridiculous thing to say. Because it I, is ridiculous. I, I get it. It is so ridiculous by nature, and it is absurd that this might be their thinking. And I can't say what their thinking is. But oh, I think you're right, though. My perspective, I think you're right. my read of it is that he goes on loan this season somewhere. I'd be surprised if any English club took him on. I'd be shocked. And I don't want to speculate on which countries might take him on, what clubs in what countries will take him on. I don't want to speculate speculate on that mm-hmm. but wherever he does go because he'll go somewhere say he scores 30 goals across the season because prior to january 2020 he was seen as one of the brightest prospects in english football yep. and he was a regular feature in a big six team in the biggest league in the world mm-hmm. if that didn't happen perhaps you're talking about a hundred million pound asset and i think if he goes on loan and he scores a hat full of goals someone will come in and bid for him and manchester united will see that as a win and maybe with that money they would have a plan to donate it to a charity or maybe not even that. They just keep it in-house. Yep. And that sickens me as well. There's no way that Manchester United should be able to have any benefit from this situation, particularly with the way they've handled it. Yeah, I was going to say, which is what it seems like they're pining for. Yeah. Yeah. But also, they didn't explicitly say that he won't play for the club ever again. Yep, okay. Yes, that's true. They left that little bit out of the the statement. They said he can continue his football journey elsewhere. That's not to say that he comes back in a a year's time. Mm, mm, Very true. I'd be very surprised if it did, but it's not... Not explicitly written in the statement. So if it's not there, then it's open to interpretation and it's a possibility that's left on the table. You mentioned the branding. I think Manchester United are a laughing stock in the financial world with how everything's been going with the ownership situation. Mm-hmm. Manchester United are a disgrace in the football press with how mm-hmm. they've handled the Mason Greenwood situation. And really, it's a joke. Mm-hmm. This Same. is what many say is the biggest club in England, Yep. one of perhaps three of the biggest clubs in the world, and they're being run, to use a phrase from a former player. No, I won't say that because that'll be an insult to pub teams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I just wish Roy Keane would say something. Oh, but he did in the in you know in the loss. That man yeah, you yeah, become... Yeah, yeah, We can talk man, about that later. Man you become Spursy. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> but listen, Nathan, if it's any they consolation, have. if it's any consolation, <laughs> you know, return army or, you know, you know, Newcastle United would, you know, open up their arms to you. It's no problem at all. Mm, I mean... You, you can join the black and white tsunami. Potential Qatari takeover <laughs> to definite Saudi takeover. Well, we, it's out we, of the frying pan into the fire, isn't it? That's right, exactly. So you may as well just get into a one hot plate straight away. Done. Oh, the state of modern football, does. <laughs> and, and we can talk about Newcastle United in a minute, actually. You've got your open invitation to join the tsunami, but I know there's... I can tell just, you know, that there's more for you to get off the chest with regards to Manchester United. I'll give them their proper name. But... Um, Yes, aside from the really bad away strips that you don't like <laughs> and the farcical situation with regards to the sale, which doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, 
and this whole situation with regards to, to Greenland. I know you've got more that you want to get off the chest, so just go for it, my friend. This is use this session as a cathartic <laughs> session and just go for it. Oh, because I mean, the club's getting a little bit of a, a history, a bit of a rap sheet, if you want to put it all together with everything's concerning players from decades ago. But in recent memory, it's the likes of Ryan Giggs and surrounding Cristiano Ronaldo and mm-hmm. yep. this current situation with Mason Greenwood. Reportedly, there's a, a bit of a domestic violence rap sheet coming Anthony's way. Allegedly. Allegedly, yes. <clears throat> and with the manager, there was a situation with Mark Overmars at Ajax as well. I don't know what to make of it all, to be honest. And I'm glad that finally the right decision was made regarding Mason Greenwood. Was it? In the end. The it's... way that it's been packaged. Has it been? Because he's still not on loan anyway. No, but I'm sure let's, he will go. Let's say that Mason Greenwood doesn't go. I mean, it would just be a follow-on from what we've been seeing for the past year and a bit in that he's on the books of the club and he's just away from the team. Whatever. Mutually mutually agree to a termination then. Yeah. In terms of the decision of bringing him back into the squad or not, eventually they arrived at the right decision. Mm -hmm. I'll talk about that statement again. It reads like, we want to do it, but the people online and the people in the media won't let us do it. That's how the statement reads. Well, initially they were going to do it and Mm. we're doing this. And we haven't asked anyone. And mm. well, yeah, you, you know, I'm amazed that we're just seems, putting it out there. Seems like the brands were up for it, like Adidas and I, I don't think they were. I mean, I don't think they were, Nathan. Look, if they kicked up a stink and said we're not, we're going to rip up the contract if you bring it back in, it I wouldn't have happened. I didn't think they actually knew about it, Nathan. Sure. I don't. I, no, no, I don't believe so. I believe that it's just the club administration thinking that we've uh, got an opportunity now to try and integrate this player. Uh, and look, not every, not everyone's eyes are on Manchester United at this point in time. Let's try and just put this out there and see what happens. Well, in fact, they didn't even put it out there, right? It was leaked. Exactly right. So once, so someone inside the club obviously was a bit disgruntled about it. And hats off to that individual, whoever it is. Right. And um, yeah, and then. Man, you have been uh, caught in a position where, and, and I guess the frustration is, right? This was foreseeable. 100%. And, from minute know, one, it doesn't take a genius Everyone to knew out, what the right? best decision to make was from minute one. You and I have, you know, you know, looked at sports administration th- through the lens of studies and what have you, right? But, and work in it. But it, I don't believe there's a sports administrator in, in, in Australia that would have actually, um, and, and you know, there are some good operators and there are some, you know, not some good operators, but I don't think anyone would have actually had the temerity to actually try this one. Because it shouldn't be a PR decision. No, exactly. And this is what it is. But I believe they've arrived at a PR decision. Correct. It should be a moral decision. We don't want to associate our brand with a player who's well, been accused of that. Okay. It should be that simple. In, in order for it to be a moral decision, recognition of a loss needs to be made. Manchester United have not wanted to recognise the the loss that is imminent with regards to this player. They still view, view him as a commodity and uh, someone that's been involved with the club from a very young age, right? And they are, like you've said, trying to recoup their costs and their, well, and their investment into this player. And no one's um, at Manchester United has decided to bite the bull and go, you know what? We've reared so many players that have hit our first team. This one here, we've got a cop it on the chin and find a way, you know, and they just refuse to do so. And that's why they, they've got the backlash that they, um, you know, quite rightly deserve. But Absolutely. it's a reflection It's a reflection of what is happening at that club. And whilst that club is being administered in this way, I'm sorry to say, Nathan, right, 
I don't see them actually returning to, to the top of the EPL anytime soon or European football for that matter. Look, if you want to look at it through a football lens on how Manchester United sit, I think it's been a relatively good transfer window. If we're switching to football talk now, because at the end of last season, Manchester United need a number nine, which they got, a new goalkeeper, which they have, and mm. a new midfielder, which they have. They're the, they were the three problem positions for Manchester United this offseason. And you can argue whether Rasmus Hoyland, Mason Mount and Andre Onana were the right okay. choices. No, Positionally, yeah. that they were the right options and they sure. were brought in early mm. in the window with the exception of Rasmus Hoyland slightly before preseason, mm-hmm. which is crucial in terms of integrating a new player into your team. I think the you initial... Be on this though, though. It's, sorry, it does go look, it does go beyond this. Yeah. It it does. And it's indicative of the Glazer ownership of the club since two thousand five. Mm-hmm. It is I think it was yeah, it was Carl Anker who made a good point on one of the many podcasts that he uh, appears on, and we should get him on this podcast. I know another Manchester United supporter, but... Me, seriously. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've got more time for Carl Anker than pretty much anyone else in the football sphere. Mm -hmm. And it was a point that he made on a previous podcast that he was on. This was going back a while now, but in order to assess how a money man will run the football club when they buy one, you have to look at how they made their money. Yep. And you look at how Todd Bowley made his money mm-hmm. in American sports. He came mm-hmm. in as a disruptor. Yes. He came in, he changed the game, caught everyone out by surprise, found a loophole Which, in yeah. business, and then he applied yeah. the same thing to sport. Which is what Which, he's trying to do with football. Yeah, and successful people repeat what got them their success, Sure, typically. The Glazers earned their money through real estate and investing as little as possible whilst reaping either a rental income or anything of that nature. And you just have to look at their malls in Florida, and the vast majority of them are run down, needing a renovation, not a place that you would consider akin to some of the better places we even have down here in Sydney, right? And it was always going to be the case that that's how they would use Manchester United as a way to maximise dividends, maximise their own pockets, and invest as little as they need to into the day-to-day operations of the club. Since 2005, Manchester United, up until 2013, relied on the best manager of all time. Steady on, steady on the best manager of all time. (laughs) Now go on. (laughs) And since 2013, they've been found out. And look, if a sale does go through, they're going to turn $220 million into six or seven billion pounds. And that you can't argue with. That's a very good return for, what, 18 years investment. Not bad at all. Yes. But along the way, they've pissed off a lot of people. They sure have. They sure have. And made a balls up of this situation, that's for sure. Yes. Shall we move on? Let's. Before you, you know, spontaneously combust as you're ready. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Newcastle United, Amazon TV, the series has dropped. Has it? Yes. Seen the first episode. Four episodes have come out. I've only caught up with the first one. And it just gives me that warm, fuzzy feeling from the time that Mike actually did get rid of the club. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now, you know, it is a bit of a, I guess, a get-to-know-you kind of piece for the owners. Right, uh, I'll call it a puff piece. Yeah, let's call it a puff piece, right? A PR piece, <laughs> if you want to call it that. Right? Yeah, but um, it isn't as it is different to all and all or nothing. But uh, nonetheless, it's it's been pretty uh, pretty interesting and insightful. Um, so only an episode in I'm in to uh, so far. So yeah, but uh, for those that are interested. Check it out on Amazon TV. It's uh, not that they're a sponsor. Shot well, and no, that's right. That's right. In in preference, right? Optusport, the athletic. <laughs> Everyone's getting a mention tonight. That's right. That's right. 
So yeah. Look, when it comes to yeah, we'll go Paramount. Why not? Let's 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 yeah, let's yeah, list sure. Paramount as well, right? <laughs> and and ten play. Yep. There you go. When it comes to football docu series, the best ones are always when it goes wrong. Like nothing will ever top Sunderland till I die. Yeah, that's true. That's because true. it's a shit show the entire way through. And shot so well as you know, it, 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 it's it's incredible. That that mm, one really was a really good series, actually. It was, and I mean, so from the shit I'm, team, I'm sure you don't appreciate right? <laughs> me switching it from Newcastle to Sunderland just well, like that. That's what I said. Shit <laughs> team, right? Aside from the shit team, but you know. Hey. But uh, yeah, so many moments in that series where it was, it just made you laugh. Like, what was it? Will Greed on Deadline Day? Yes. Uh, and changing of the music as well, which mm-hmm. is, is just amazing that that was the focus. And <laughs> I'm gonna have to rewatch so, it now. <laughs> it's it's worth rewatching. It's so good, and nothing else has come close. Well, the only one that has come close is the Tottenham one because you get moments like Jose Mourinho going off with the players, and I think that's really the only yeah. other series where it's the team hasn't been a raging success like yeah. City, like Arsenal, yeah, sure. and like Newcastle United. Yeah, and look, that's something, and I'm glad you've actually mentioned that because they'd have. Has, that is something that has come to light whilst we have been focusing on the Women's World Cup and obviously we're quite right too because it was in our, our own backyard and it was a um, still amazing tournament. I still pitch myself at times and I look at, you know, I even watch the, you know, the mini match of the final again, mm. uh, you know, uh, yesterday. And it was just, yeah, Spain were just unreal. But they were. And we should also know. say that uh, I think today or yesterday, mm. FIFA uploaded every game of the World Cup to FIFA Plus. Oh, great. Okay. That you can access for free. You don't even have to sign up. Brilliant. You just That's go on there and watch whatever game you want. Well done. No, well done. Um, but um, yes, but you mentioned all or nothing Tottenham Hotspur and Jose Mourinho. Mm. And that, and I think of that, and you think of that scene with Deli Alley. And Delhi did speak. Uh, he did speak. Yes, this is something that yeah we missed. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he did speak. And I'll tell you what, that puts that whole scene with Jose into context. And if you haven't seen or you haven't heard what um, Delhi Ali spoken about, uh, I'm going to point you to the overlap with Gary Devil. Not that they're a sponsor. Not that they're a sponsor either. <laughs> but and if you are an interested sponsor, please feel free to reach out. <laughs> right. <laughs> But uh, in all seriousness, look, that uh, is quite serious content and quite heavy mm. and uh, just gives you a different insight into, and you know, a amazing talent that has obviously had to confront challenges and issues in his life far beyond anyone, you know, not involved with him uh, could even fathom. So the fact that he was able to actually become a successful athlete, professional athlete, is incredible. Yeah, very much so. And look, there's two sides to every tale. And from that scene, you wouldn't be blamed if you arrived at a conclusion of conclusion that Deli Ali's yeah. perhaps a, a lazy player or his phone at the end, anything and along those lines. But we've said that before on the pod. And, and sorry, Nathan, we've yeah. said that before on the pod, right? Mm. We've said that before on the pod, and I take all take all that back. Yeah, and the sort of things that he's had to get through to get to where he is. Even now, even if you exclude the times he had with Tottenham when he was on top of the world. Incredible. Even to get to this point, which is a Premier League football of Everton, yep. is a minor miracle. Yep. And it just shows his resolve and his drive that comes within to get past the sorts of obstacles that have been in his way throughout his life. Yep. And look, he hasn't been the same player for a number of years now. And the loan spell in Turkey didn't work. No, that's right. Let's hope he can get back to yep. some semblance of where he was as a Tottenham player because Deli Ali at his best 
best is a joy to watch, a joy to watch. And boy, Everton need him. Yeah, well, hopefully he looks after himself first, first and yes. foremost. Yeah. And we wish him well. And hopefully we'd love to see him in full flight uh, for Everton. And uh, for a couple of my Everton mates, they would love to see that as well. And I hope that does happen for you because enough of the heavy stuff. But with regard to football, geez, Everton need him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Everton needs something, that's for sure. New stadium coming soon. Yeah, well, they'll be playing championship by the look of things down there if they I keep mean, going the way they're going, two games in. They've been circling the drain for a few years now. Yeah, yeah. And it seems as though their strategy has been one that they're relying on there being three teams worse than they are, and they escaped yeah, well, by skin of the teeth last year. It's worked for them so far. <laughs> it can't keep working. You can't keep running no, it can't. And look, I'm sure your Everton supporting pals will say that uh, the finger's got to be pointed at Mashiri and Kenwright and the amount of investment that they've wasted on dross. Mm. They're not wrong. Mm. They wouldn't be they're wrong. not wrong. 100%. They're, mm. they're correct. Mm. And I don't think we see an Everton get even to where they were under Ancelotti, which is top half at times mm. or top four at times. There was a period under Ancelotti that they were top four, maybe for a mm. week or two. Mm. I don't think they get anywhere near that even away from the bottom five with the current regime. I don't see it. Yeah, I can't disagree with you there. That's a shame because I don't want to see Everton go down. I thought you were going to say it's a shame that we're agreeing so much tonight. That too. (laughs) (laughs) No. Everton are a staple of the Premier League. Sure. As much as a handful of other clubs. And the Premier League would be worse off if they went down. And so would Liverpool Football Club as well. Now, there's a good point, yes. I agree with you there. From that aspect, absolutely. Mm. And look, I mean, if you've ever been to Liverpool Town itself, you do get the feeling that, hey, it's, there's definitely a red... Well, there's no halves in Liverpool. It's either a red household or a blue household. Sometimes <laughs> right? both. And sometimes <laughs> both. It's just incredible. And you do get that sense. There's no doubt about it. Laz, I want to change tack a bit here. Okay. I want to want go to across about, the pond. I was going to say, you want to talk about Saudi Arabia? No. no we've done <laughs> enough of the negative subjects. No, we that's not about negative. Delhi oh, it depends on your perspective, I suppose. <laughs> no, not negative for me. <laughs> <laughs> Neymar's gone. Paris Saint-Germain is clearing out oh. the dross. No, here we go. Yep. See, that's another topic of yours that you you know, like talk about Paris Saint-Germain. Messi gone. Mm. MLS. You know, Neymar. That's what I was going to talk about. Neymar gone. Mm. You know, I was going to change tack to uh, stateside. Mbappe going at the end of next year or at the end of this season is he to but? Real Madrid. Well, is he but? Far out, seriously. <laughs> if he doesn't go this third time, right, then definitely. He's got him he's on, on strings. Yeah, definitely he's on the ban <laughs> list. <laughs> He's got him on strings every year. Oh, I'm leaving on a free, I swear. I'm going to Real. I'm this time. I'm going to Real. I'm going to Real. <laughs> uh, the thing is, they, they we have to... for it every time because they can't afford to lose him. Although we have to talk about Harry Kane as well. Yes. And Postacoglu. Mm-hmm. There's and, so much to catch up on. And Tottenham Hotspur. We could be here or not. Uh, well, hey, I'm, I'm up for it. It's called <laughs> up, up Late. Yeah. Yep. Let's talk about some of these transfers then. Some of the big ones. Go on, go on. Harry Kane, he actually went. Sketches, by the way. Mm, Which is interesting. (laughs) That's a weird one. Yeah. I mean, Harry Kane is, what, 32 now? Full credit to him, though. Oh, yeah. Like, he'll be their their number one superstar endorser. Mm -hmm. They're a little bit of more of a... Careful what you say. Careful what you say. (laughs) Careful what you say. I don't think you'll see anyone aged 18 rolling around in a pair of sketches. Ageist. You ageist (laughs) prick. There's no need for that. (laughs) No. (laughs) They're comfortable shoes, all right? (laughs) 
Hopefully you have as much fun listening to this as as uh, <laughs> we do talking about it. Yeah, I think we needed a bit of a laugh after the uh, previous uh, topics. Dear. But yes, Harry Kane. Yes. Signs a deal with a shoe for people in their 50s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no need for that. And no, I'm not 50 <laughs> yet, right? <laughs> um, uh, get the stick out on him. Yeah, yep. that's all right. That's fair enough. Look, um, yeah, look, hey, good luck to him. Full credit to him for trying uh, something, and if, you know, and if it works, why not? And if you want to look at it from a, a brand perspective, it'll change their image. Well, that's what I mean. Like, good luck to him mm. as far as that's concerned because Adidas have got Messi, Nike have got Ronaldo, you know, and others, right? Likewise, uh, Adidas. But why not set yourself apart a little bit? I mean, look, he's done two things that have set himself apart. One, he left Spurs, which... We all thought should happen, but I didn't expect them going to buy in of all places. But okay, right? I'm stu- I'm stunned that they actually ended up agreeing on a fee. Like, yeah. I get yeah. Daniel Levy wanted to sell him and not let him walk, but I am surprised at the end of the day that he did accept an offer. And mm. I'm not surprised that Harry Kane has went to Europe. I think there is a sense that he's taken some easy trophies of Bayern Munich if they if indeed they do come. It'd be hilarious if Bayern win nothing this season and Spurs oh, win anything. Oh, oh, don't say that. Don't say that. It'd, it'd be so funny. Um, but look, I think the plan might be that he's there for two seasons, maybe three, wins a couple of Bundesligas, a couple of DFB, Pokals, maybe a Champions League, then he comes back to the Premier League and nabs that scoring record as well, which, by the way, I don't know how much credence you've really put into that. Like, yes, Alan Shearer is the all-time Premier League goal-scoring record, but he's not the all-time goal-scoring record holder in England. Yeah, but he can only break the record that's in front of him, and that no, would be the, the Premier League. But the point is that players in the past have scored many more goals in English football than Harry Kane or Alan Shearer. So, so who's the all-time leading goal-scorer in England? I believe it's Dixie Dean, isn't it? I think, I think you're right, actually, but yeah. With how many? From the 1920s. I don't have the number in front of me. Okay, well... You know, Laz, this is not a, a show with preparation. Yeah, exactly, so maybe you can... If I had that right. number out in front of me, then uh, <laughs> I'd be accused of doing some prior planning. No, I'm just testing it. <laughs> but hey, um, with regards to uh, Alan Shearer, I'm sure he drove Harry Kane to the airport, which is fine. But, um... <laughs> you would have seen on his social media, he put out a, a Photoshop yeah, picture of him flying him. a plane. <laughs> so it was worse than that effect. It was, there was, yeah. I'll fucking take him, well, let's fucking go or something like that. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're gallantry, you know, competitive to the end, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the only way Alan Shearer would be happy is if Harry Kane comes back and plays for Newcastle and breaks his record, you know, wearing a Newcastle shirt. Someone should ask him that. I would. Because people have only ever asked him, what if he breaks a record? Not, mm. what if he breaks a record in a Newcastle shirt? Mm. And look, I think that might uh, be on the cards should, you know, Harry only spend two years at Bayern. Laz, it's still like two hours until your bedtime. I'm projecting still. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see Harry Kane play, you know, wear the number nine to Newcastle. I'm sure you would. I'm sure you would. Why not? I'd love him to see the the number. I'd love to see him wear the number nine for Manchester United. Well, that that won't happen. Why would he go to a basket case of the club? We've already established that. (laughs) Newcastle's on the up and up. Manu's on the on the downward slide. I mean, look seriously. I mean, look at where'd you finish last year? Where'd you finish last year? (laughs) One behind. But look at the (laughs) key word is behind. That's right. Um, and we'll finish above you again this year too. No, I don't think so. But let's look at the away strip. Case. Seriously. <laughs> Case. 
<laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, why not? <laughs> we should do a collaborative thing, right? If you know Real Madrid and and Newcastle United finish ahead of Athletic Bilbao and Manchester United, what like a cumulative points type deal? Either that or like a cumulative case. So it's one for one. Well, okay. I mean, there's I a could end up in two cases with Athletic Club here. Well, hey, listen. So you're already in for a case. <laughs> Uh, and those, you know, younger than 18, um, you'll figure it out when you are 18. So... <laughs> <laughs> nah, so, Nico Williams is a star, but all right, fine, you're on. There you go, there you go. Spanish all one right. and English one. Yep. Okay, well, okay, I'll let you know the brand of beer that I'll have later on. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to wait for two cases of beer to appear on my front door. <laughs> Uh, dear. But, Just uh, waiting for that Real Madrid collapse. Oh, no, no. Carlo gets sacked in a couple of months' time. Uh, he's off to that, Brazil. I don't think that'll happen, not with Jude Bellingham, the way that he's going. Uh, he's doing he, injury. Oh, no, don't you dare say that. <laughs> don't you dare say that. He's just taken like a fish to water that that place seriously. Yeah, he has. He has. It's just incredible. Just incredible. Um, bit of a lucky goal against Athletic Club. Oh, I must say. Oh, come on! He's got lucky with the bounce. Come on! Oh, He's hit it into on. the ground, and it's Clever. just looped into the Cle- top corner. No, no, no. Clever. <clears throat> Hang on. Are you saying he didn't mean to do that? No, he did mean to do it. Oh, he's thank lucky you. With the I was going to say, Nathan. Come on. <laughs> I know you're salty because, you know, it was the first round and, you know, Real Madrid take the points away from uh, Bilbao that way, right? I get it. But come on, you can't just say, hey, you know, um, you know, he didn't mean that. Very clever. No, he did mean it. But you're very fortunate. Very clever. <laughs> Mind you, I have to say the Real Madrid away kits are the best mint this yeah. season. They're beautiful. They are beautiful. <laughs> Even the, like, hey, Real Madrid on point. Seriously, kits of the season. Adidas on point again. All three, all three of them. All three mm. of them are the best. And hey, spoiler. Um, apparently, I've, I have heard that the that the uh, Newcastle United Adidas deal for next season is actually referred to in the in these uh, episodes of um, This Is Newcastle United, which is really crazy. Right, considering that Castor is mm. you know from a business so- perspective. Is the Castor deal up this season? Up this season, Adidas will be kit sponsors as of next wow. season. Wow, there you go. Okay. I mean, Newcastle will be after uh, and so a hefty see that increase of uh, <laughs> of their kit deal. I'll take us back to the... You're taking us back to the 90s. Yeah. Oh. Mm. And uh, when do they sign the Castor deal? When they were in the championship? No, no, no. No, no. They were there in Premier League. Yeah, no, they were, with, still. they were with Puma in the championship. Mm. Even still, you would have been down towards the bottom of the table mm. and yeah, towards right. the bottom of the table finances with the deal. Correct, correct. Yes, I know Newcastle have a lot of supporters. No, correct. But still a bottom half team. Now, mm. in the Champions League, surely it's time to go to market and they've landed the big fish. And uh, good to see that iconic brand, those two iconic brands back together. Yeah, talk to me about your uh, front of shirt sponsor and uh, <laughs> how much do they say it's worth and how much is it actually it's worth? It's actually in there. It's actually in there from what I understand as well. So it's all the squad, like it's all part of the um, the TV series, which I'm, um, you know, hoping to get to at some point over the next week or so. So, you know, so there are four episodes up. Only, like I said, I've only seen the first one. So, but yes, I've read the brief synopsis of the upcoming episodes. Yeah. And those things are on there. So there you go. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Mm. We were talking but, about some of the big transfers, Lars. Yes, we were. Did we cover off Harry Kane? We mentioned him. We did mention him, but we started talking about Newcastle United and then, sorry, sorry, uh, you know, and Real Madrid. And look, I thought he would end up at <laughs> Real Madrid, but anyway. Um, nonetheless, I think we've got the best English player at Real Madrid. So, 
I think so. I think so. I <laughs> yeah. think Jude Bellingham is the best player that can play for England. Yeah, I agree. I and agree. The best two are not the Premier League anymore. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. No, you're right. Uh, Harry Kane and Bayern. Good move for Harry anyway. I think it's a good move for Bayern too. You can't deny that. Yeah, look, I think Bayern, I mean, Bayern aren't going to make semifinals of the Champions League, which is why they got Harry. They need a six. Yeah. They badly. still need a six. And yep. I do think they'll get one between now Oof. and the end of the window. I don't know. They'll pluck someone from the Bundesliga probably. Why, why not Amrabat? He's on his way to the Premier League. Uh, here he's going to a red team, but not yours. It's us and Liverpool that are in the mix for him. Oh, you're and mentioning it. You're men- and you're mentioning the opposition, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, but Chelsea probably come in with a last minute bid and buy him anyway. Well, that's right. Chelsea are buying everyone else. <laughs> yep. They're buying all the Liverpool targets. Yeah, geez, do you reckon they're, they're fucked off with Liverpool? No. Nah. Um, <laughs> yeah, just Liverpool like can't say no. and Lavia. Yeah, yeah, Liverpool can't say no. Not too often anymore. players say no to Liverpool. You no, know, it looks like it's starting to happen, though. So mm. I don't know what the story is there. They're normally quite methodical. Clock might walk soon. He might. He might. This might be the start of the end. Mm. Well, it's a Euros at the end of the season. Mm. If um, Germany have an early exit like they did in the World Cup just gone. No, he's not going to a national team. Mm, I think he might. No. I think he might. Okay. Where else does he go? Like He won't go back to Germany because I think he's too... What's the best way to phrase this? I don't think Germany is an option for him because Dortmund aren't on his level anymore. Like He's outgrown Dortmund as a, a club to manage and he won't go to Bayern. Sure. I can't see him going to Paris. Yes, I agree with that. Maybe he goes to Real Madrid. He'll be on a short list. Ooh, I haven't thought about that. But I think he goes to the the national team, Germany. Mm, No, I I think he would rather have the day-to-day contact with players rather than the, you know, occasional contact. Look, he might as he gets older, right? But I would Mm. suspect like in 10 years' time, not now. But, but I think his time at Liverpool is getting to the end because he's getting uh, uh, more and more disgruntled. Yeah, I think so. Oh, wait till he goes just, to wait till he goes to the throat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. What was it this week? He was mouthing off at the supporters for singing his chant during the game. Like, pull your head in. Like that they love you. They're singing your song every chance they get. They're calling you the best manager they've had in living memory. And you're mouthing off at them, don't sing about me. Come on. Give me a break. Maybe he's trying to play the modest. I'm too modest. <laughs> uh but yeah, I think uh... Also with the Caicedo, the Lavia stuff. Tell you what, their defence is dog shit to start oh, the season. Nathan. Bournemouth should have been 3-0 up inside 15 minutes on weekend. Uh, yeah. Ben Dyke's yeah. passed it. We know Trent can't defend. And yep. Allison can't bail them out forever. True that. Very true. Very true. But um, yes. So Harry Kane to Bayern. <laughs> Look at the conversation. That's for the third time. <laughs> no, Where's he going to go this time? <laughs> <laughs> no, we've covered that. Look, it's uh, you know, yeah. Look, we think it'll be a good move for both uh, parties. But mm. Messi to the uh, to into Miami and giving them success. In, it is ridiculous in a league's cup. In the league's cup, he hasn't played an MLS game yet. No, and he's he been will, there for what a month now. But let's not forget, Busquets has gone to into Miami as well, right? Uh, Jordi Alba. Yeah, I think into Miami is uh, and Tata Martino is the coach. Right. So it's a Barcelona reunion. And uh, something tells me that uh, Inter Miami won't be on the bottom of the MLS East much longer. I don't think so either. Did you see the game this morning? 
No, I haven't caught up with the game. I saw, I saw the highlights of it. Mm. It's just ridiculous. Like they played against who was it? Cincinnati in the Open Cup. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the goal is over there. They had the Leagues Cup. No, so, the so, Open Cup. Yeah, so the Leagues Cup was the MLS and the League MX clubs. Right, it's the first time they actually played it. So and a great concept. Why not? I mean, it's uh, fantastic. You know, it's awesome. Makes the Concacaf Champions League a bit redundant. Yeah, but Concacaf brings it upon itself. <laughs> Right on cue. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, but this game this morning was ridiculous. Cincinnati played good football, and this guy Messi just has some of the biggest plot armor you'll ever see. Like, the guy is the main character of football. It's like we're all watching a movie. It's just ridiculous. And it's three penalty shootouts in eight games. It's just ridiculous. They had no right to win the game this morning, based on what I can see on the highlights. Oh. And just it's just messy. Like the guy is going to carry into Miami to whatever it is they go on to achieve, unlike anything you may have ever seen before, because he might be in the twilight of his career. But it's not even the point where the defending is at a lower level. The guy is just a freak, even still yeah. to this day. Yeah, correct. And it's it's amazing to see. And there was something going around where you could get a six-month Apple TV Plus MLS pass through Optus Sport recently. Right. Okay, not that they're a sponsor. Not that they're a sponsor. And, and that goes for Optus Sport and Apple TV. <laughs> Add them um, to the list. Yep. <laughs> what do we got? Optosport, <laughs> Athletic, Overlap. <laughs> um, but yeah, I took him up on on that three, six months and I'm looking forward to seeing just awesome. how far he can take this team because it is ridiculous what we're seeing. And compare that to the ongoings for a certain Portuguese player listen, over in Saudi listen, Arabia. Listen, listen, just because you're salty on him, right, doesn't mean <laughs> you need to be, you know, like that way. Now, look, these two have been compared for years and years sure. and years. Yeah, sure. One of them is going to uh, retire with grace, I think. Both of them are. I mean, look, what we're seeing with Ronaldo in Saudi Arabia, it is getting a bit ridiculous. Like, In, in what way? He was whinging that he didn't win player of the match in one oh, of the games. Oh, well, okay, yeah, sure. And crying that there wasn't a penalty given. Like, just arguing and all sorts of things that really he shouldn't be concerned with him. No, I, I understand Shouldn't that. be concerned about that much. I understand that. Oh, look, I, I take your point. He's, you know... And compare that, yeah, and compare that with Messi, that who's yeah. lighting up MLS, yeah. going to take it to a new height. And yeah. I think we see MLS become a top five league in the world in some time to come. Give it a decade. Maybe not, not the, even that. And not the Saudi league. I think Saudi league as well, to be honest. There you go. And look, when you have 21-year-old Spanish internationals going to Saudi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to bring this up. As is the case. Gabby Viega. Yeah, right. Moving from Celta Vigo to Saudi Arabia. Correct. And, and look, you're getting the likes of Tony Cruz on his Insta calling it embarrassing. Mm. That's the thing. Saudi Arabia buying the likes of Benzema and Ronaldo and players that are in their 30s, it doesn't give it the same validity as signing a 20-year-old, a 21-year-old with his career ahead of him who yeah. had a great season in La Liga last year. Yeah, correct, correct. Was linked to top six Premier League teams, was about to sign with Napoli. Lo and behold, here he is going to the Middle East. And, and you can't begrudge him for going, right? Because if he's... You know, if he's been made the offer of a you know a substantial offer, can't begrudge him for going. No, and he might start a wave of younger players going there too. And that's obviously where the Saudi league is looking to position now. So that's I think right now is the right. Yes, okay, Neymar joined them and Benzema and Golo Kante and, and look, the list goes on and on, right? But that signing. 
is a game changer, I think. That's one that makes you sit up and have a second look. I think yep. within a decade, there will be Saudi teams in the Champions League, the European Champions League. I don't know about there that. I, I really don't be. know about that. Well, then, but hang on. But then that would, they, that would mean that they would have to conform to the uh, financial fair play, which they don't have to right now. Yeah, they don't have to worry about it right now. Well, Just like Chelsea don't have to worry about financial fair, fair play in Europe because they're not in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> that was meant as a dig. Right? Yes, it is the truth. <laughs> but that was meant as a dig. <laughs> but look, UEFA closed that Chelsea loophole was amortizing contracts for eight years. Mm. The Premier League haven't done that quite as of yet. Doesn't matter for Chelsea this season because they're not in Europe. Same deal, but like Saudi Arabia, they wouldn't pass FFP now. Oh no, they wouldn't. FFP is a joke as it is anyway. But yeah, but when the time comes, they will already have established themselves as a big league. So many good players, and you can come back into the fold. Yeah, I, you want to you want to use yeah. a business analogy. Yeah, come on. It's like some of these startups like Uber and Airbnb. They come in as a disruptor, completely change the market and undercut everyone else. And then once they get the user base, they put the prices back up to what they undercut in the first place. Look, I have heard this argument spouting before. I can understand where you're coming from with it. It could be a potential play. I'm not sure that it is. But, yeah, look, it could very well be the case. I mean, you know, I'm not going to dis it. I think that you may be right. You may be right. I'm not sure. Let me ask you this question, Les, and uh, I'll phrase it in a way that will uh, not be- not get me in trouble, so to speak. Would you be surprised or do you have faith in your wafer to reject the big pile of money that Saudi Arabia will offer them? Do you have faith that their football morals and their, mm, yeah. their sporting Hang on. integrity Hang on. So, will stand right- higher? Hang on. So now what you want us to do is ruin both of our chances of ever being employed by UEFA. <laughs> is that what you're trying to do? I'm, I'm not asking you the question, would they accept it or not? It's just, do you have the faith? That's what I'm saying. Do you want to ruin both of our chances of ever getting a job with UEFA? <laughs> and read into that what you will. <laughs> I am choosing not to answer that grounds, you know, that answer or, or that question, rather. I'm choosing not to answer that question on grounds that it may incriminate me. And, like and I'm just asking confirm questions. Confirm or I'm deny. Not, <laughs> I'm not putting any of my opinions out there. I'm just asking questions. Oh, right. You're asking me for my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I uh, can neither confirm nor deny. Hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll leave my questions of, of, of faith uh, just for my own individual <laughs> benefit, and that's it. <laughs> hmm. But yes, I do think there will be a Saudi Arabian team in the Champions League in time. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Well, you pin your colours to the mast, and uh, mm. well, let's just wait and see what happens. Look, not that I want to say it, but I just no, think but, it will okay. happen. But, okay, what is the point if that is the case, right? Because, well, I guess mm, I'm just thinking about it now, right? There, because mm, it wouldn't be for a geographical reason. Mm, yeah. They can point to Israel. Yeah. Right? And yeah. yes, I get Israel are in Europe for cultural reasons. Mm-hmm. Political oh, reasons. Political re- and cultural. Yeah. But geographically, Israel's not in Europe. No. Well, you know, so Israel, a- Israel was part of Oceania at one point. Israel was part of the Oceania Football Confederation because obviously they wouldn't be part of the Asian Football Confederation, which is a you know point of contention. So that's yeah. why you know Israel obviously joined UEFA. And hey, look, Israel's move into Europe has been subsequently confirmed by the Eurovision Song Contest. So there you go. Yeah, as has Australia. So, yeah. As on that basis, Australia should be playing in <laughs> the UEFA Champions League. <laughs> Um, but yes, it, it won't be a geograph- geographical reason that Saudi Arabia get denied entry into the European Champions League. 
because they can just point to Israel and yep. that's it. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And you could uh, probably well, say the same thing about Kazakhstan as well. Uh, but Kazakhstan are your wife member. Yeah, but they're not in Europe. Well, then, if by that reckoning, um, okay, so Georgia is in Europe, Azerbaijan is in Europe. I mm, see. I don't know my geography that well in that part of the region. Where's the Urals in relation to Georgia and Azerbaijan? Because that's, mm. I think, the border. Okay. Well, we'll have to get back to to the uh, mm. to the listeners on that one. And I'm not going to research it now, Nathan, because there's too many pressing issues that we need to discuss about in this. There podcast. is. There is. And people don't want to know where the Urals are on this podcast. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> right now. So, where to next, my friend? Where were we? Well, Before we were talking we about transfers. To... We talked about Messi, and then we ended up here with regards to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and Far Eastern European geography. <laughs> well, I mean, look, and, and you know, Saudi Arabia is a point, right? I mean, it's a mm. point of contention, and we discussed that uh, that potentially. I mean, look, I'm not going to call it groundbreaking, but it is a sign of intent from uh, the Saudi leagues. There's no doubt. Look, I still have absolutely zero interest in watching Saudi football. What is the matter with you, Nathan? You're part of our AFC. There are <laughs> AFC colleagues, counterparts. We need to be exposed to whatever we can watch as far as Asian football is concerned. Give me the J-League over the Saudi Do you know? Hang on. Let's talk, let's talk about the AFC Give me Cup. the V-League. Let's talk about the AFC <laughs> Cup and who MacArthur Bulls have been drawn against. Now, and I you, did see this earlier today. There you go. All right. So let's talk about that. And you wanted this Asian football. I love hey, I that. this Asian football. Well, you don't want to watch the Saudi League. What's the matter with you? Yeah, that's Saudi football. But hang on. Are they <laughs> not part of the AFC? Yeah, but well, dismissing one country's league doesn't mean you're dismissing the Confederation's league. Hey, one in all in, right? <laughs> I want to watch the Malaysian League. <laughs> Let me pull up some uh, viewing options for the Hong Kong League. There you go. Yes, and the uh, Singaporean S League. I'm happy to watch the S League. No problem. <laughs> Who did Tottenham play in preseason? I the can't remember. Lion, Lion City Sailors was it? Something like that. Mm. Bernie Beanie used to play for him. Oh uh, dear. But yes, AFC Cup got drawn today, and Macarthur, along with the Central Coast Mariners, are in there. And uh, the Bulls have been drawn against uh, Nom Pen from Cambodia mm-hmm. and Shine United from who is it? I don't remember off the top of my head. I, I, I believe the I believe that's uh, Miema, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe not. Mm-hmm. I yep. think you're right. Okay. And Dynamic Herb Cebu from the Philippines. There you go. Go Dynamic Herb. <laughs> Knock off dynamic herbs. Knock off the, the dynamic herbs will knock off the bulls. <laughs> How's that for a headline? <laughs> that would be a headline. And look, those three teams are coming to town down my way. Okay. Uh, well, some midweek fixtures. You know what? I'll see. Let's see if we can get to dynamic herb versus the MFC bulls at Campbelltown. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about in the Philippines for the return league. Well, that'd be nice too, but, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we both have to work in the morning. But at least... Yeah. <laughs> But at least Campbell, Campbelltown, right? You know, look, I'll come out to Campbelltown. Uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, like, I, I wouldn't mind watching that dynamic herb side run around. Let's find out how dynamic these herbs are. Yeah, I think you can get some dynamic herbs down in Campbelltown. Well, I wasn't going to talk about those dynamic herbs. I'm talking about <laughs> di- the the dynamic herbs, Sebu. <laughs> Central Coast, they've got a good away day in prospect going to Bali United. Oh, what a trip that is. 
Mm, happy days. Indeed. And uh, Stallion Laguna FC. Even that sounds exotic. That does sound exotic, indeed. They are from the Philippines as well. And they've also got a team from Malaysia talk called a Terengganu. Now, we covered off, off some obscure leagues on yes. a backpack previously. Yes, which but, we need to recap on uh, as well mm. this episode, I think. We need to catch up on that. We've got two months mm. of <laughs> to catch up on. But probably not two months' worth of fixtures from the V-League. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Malaysian, Indonesian, and football from Cambodia and Myanmar was even too obscure for us. Yes, that's correct. (laughs) But what do you make of the AFC Cup, Laz? Is it something that you're expecting MacArthur and Central Coast to do well in, to perhaps make the later stage of a knockout competition? Is it worth competing in at all? Where do you sit with it? Okay, to answer your questions, yes, worth competing. No, I don't expect them FC balls to go that far. Central Coast, different story. Um, Yeah, but it is definitely worth competing in. I mean, it's it's Asian club football. It's our confederation. So whatever opportunity you get to play against other clubs, you lap it up and you take it. And I'm glad that that Australian clubs have been afforded the opportunity to play in the in the AFC Cup. Well, we're in the AFC Cup because we haven't been good enough in the Champions League. Yeah. Well, we need to get become good enough to go mm. into the Champions League. So it's almost like what Fergie used to say about the Europa League that Europa League is a punishment for the players for not making the Champions League. Well, the and your and your fine club has played in the Europa League and won it. So. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> indeed, indeed. It goes to show how far they've fallen. But <laughs> um, look, I'm looking forward to going going and seeing the Dynamic Herb and the Shine United and the Nompen Crown FC down here at Campbelltown. Uh, I don't necessarily think there'll be too many in attendance, but that's not the point. Maybe they can put, play it out at MacArthur Rams, uh, <laughs> yeah, Lin- Linwood Park, or whatever it is. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, all jokes aside, no, that'd be good. Hmm. Hey, look, you might not get a big crowd, but it'll look good on TV. MFC Bulls, MacArthur FC Bulls playing Asian an Asian club competition. Who would have thought? Yeah, and uh, they got into it by winning the uh, Australia Cup last year, but uh, they're already out of this year's edition. They got mm. dumped out by Campbelltown City last week. Correct. Which is, yeah, well, uh, what can we say? This has what? been something that's been going on for some time now with the Australian mm. clubs in Asia, that often we don't send our best team. MacArthur won the spoon last year, and they're in Asia. Yes, it's because they were in a cup competition, but this has, been, this has been going on for ages now, where the teams who did well the previous season and got into Asia, by the time the campaign rolls around, the new A-League season, the bottom four. Mm. I guess that's the nature of a salary cap league. Yeah. That you are going to get significant turnover and football cyclical the best of times. Correct. But, yeah, correct. Yeah. correct. Interesting, perhaps. What else you got, Les? Um, Nearly two million. Nearly two million viewers or crowds in, in mm. the Women's World Cup. Uh, so the figure came out um, earlier this week, which is which was of note. And incredible TV figures. Um, you know, so absolutely uh, incredible. The the, um, the numbers that have come out from this uh, Women's World Cup. And that, that's been of note, significant note, actually. Yeah, and it would have been over 2 million if they swapped out, say, Dunedin for Newcastle. Yeah, or if Melbourne had a slightly bigger rectangular stadium. Yeah, and that's a touchy subject these days. No, I'm happy to t- you know, touch upon it for Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Victorian friends. Yep. Yeah. And, Dude, uh, you guys need to MCG really... MCG potentially being available for a 2034 Men's World Cup. You guys really need to uh, to speak to state government members down there, I think. Mm. 
and, and speak to them about trying to get an upgrade on uh, Amy, maybe. If they can add another layer of seating on top of that uh, existing stadium. It's going to be a pretty big bubble. Uh, that's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Problem is bubbles burst. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair but yes, enough. Melbourne does need a bigger square ground. Well, look, if you know, Qatar the question had, is how often they'd yeah, fill it. Yeah, look, Qatar had a container stadium, a stadium made of shipping containers. I'm sure that you know we can come up with uh, solutions here. Do a stadium out of uh, coffee cups or something for Melbourne. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? I'm I'm happy with that. Oh, I, you know, love coffee, so why not? You and me both. You and me both. So there you go. But yeah, so that was uh, that was pretty good. But uh, Nathan, so much that we, you know, mm. I mean, we've touched on heaps already. But yeah, like I said, it's been a while since we've done one of these. So yeah, there's uh, there's absolutely heaps to catch up on. Champions League qualifiers have started. Yes, indeed. There's a big story surrounding the side from the Faroe Islands. Yes. Yeah. And they nearly um, got all the way into the Champions League group stage. Mm. They did yes. fall at the final hurdle, but they will be in the Europa League, I think. Yeah, this is the final. So the final round of, um, I believe we're in the final round of uh, qualifying right now. Um, um, yes. Yeah, we had uh, Rangers and PSV and have a tour draw. Uh, I um, were away as well. Look, there was a unfortunately there was a tragic loss of a supporter's life in the last round of Champions League um, qualifiers held in Athens. Uh, with uh, the Dinamo Zagreb uh, supporters, I believe, yeah, came and uh, caused the incident. I mean, so. Dynamo Zagreb against Ike Athens, that's one I think you sh- would uh, allocate some extra police, shall we say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think it was for lack of police, but also it's uh, mm. emergency services are quite stretched uh, in Greece at the moment because of the oppressive heat and uh, bushfire conditions as well. So it's been quite a very warm summer and so, that would have been a hot fixture yes it was it was yeah it would have been in more, more ways in more ways than one unfortunately mm. but um yeah so um but yeah so it looks like uh, the europa league is uh away as well now so you had uh villa and hibs play and villa putting five past them villa will win this competition i think you're right there in the, sorry it's the conference league i should say yes yeah that's conference league yeah yeah villa yeah. will win the conference league they should they should be red off favorites and i don't see a reason as to why they won't win it because you know we're in the dugout we saw west ham do it last year and villa this season are a better side than west ham last year it's yeah hard, hard to disagree yeah the only thing that will get in their way is some luck in the knockout rounds for mine they i think depending on who comes down from the europa league are the strongest team in there yeah. and the conference league was billed as a European competition for smaller footballing countries or smaller teams who don't get a chance to shine in the Champions League or even the Europa League. But what we have seen is big sides in the finals. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, you're right. No, you're right there. So I get that you need, say, a Premier League team in there for things like broadcast rights or whatever and general interest. Like, if there was no Premier League side in there, then well, I'm not saying the Premier League is everything, but you need a representative from the biggest, most successful, most profitable league mm. in the European club competition. So it's just the way it works, I suppose, that the haves are always going to beat the have-nots more often than not. Very, very true. Very true. But you've, you know, uh, I'm just looking at some of these uh, Champions League qualifiers, and you've got some big clubs uh, uh, that are uh, fighting to uh, get into the main draw. Obviously, we mentioned Rangers and PSV. Antwerp uh, did defeat AEC in the first league. You've got FC Copenhagen, who have you know, been thereabouts for the last few years. Young boys, you know, Panathinaikos, Galatasaray, you know, they're all uh, fighting to uh, to compete in, into the group stages. 
yeah, be great to see the return legs, which I'm sure we're on next week. Laz, what yeah. are you looking forward to this weekend? And I believe they're on stand, so not that they're a sponsor. But um... add them to the list. <laughs> <laughs> so what am I looking forward to this weekend? To be honest, Nathan, I haven't even had a chance to, to get get around this coming weekend. Um I mean, I'll certainly be tuning in to uh your match this weekend for your boys. Newcastle taking on Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. But that that's well, that's it. That's it. That that's it's the, probably the game of the round in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, I th- I think so. I think so, and I think that's um, Sunday at um, yes, it is. Yeah, so Monday morning our time at one thirty in the morning. Wonderful choice. So yes, but uh, so that'll be a late night on Sunday night. Mm. So yes, <laughs> and some tired eyes on Monday morning. <laughs> uh, very much so. Very much so. Uh, Bournemouth Spurs will be fun. I'm sure. Well, we haven't even had a chance to speak about Spurs, and that's something that we should have mentioned. And yes. Yeah. This is something that caught our eye. Post the Cogler. He's doing it again. He is. And earlier than expected. Yeah. And I think I don't know if I'll put that down to the talent that is available and their you know, their adaptability. I mean, look, there's gonna be speed humps along the way for him within the next um in a few weeks, but that's look amazing feat, an amazing feat to beat Man U at home. And we're talking about Spurs here, right? And you know how much mm. uh, Man United uh, deride Spurs. I mean, it's even been the subject of some choice halftime talks where guys, it's just Spurs, lads, it's Tottenham, yeah. Yeah. Now people are going to say lads is Man United, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and they're quite right, yeah. <laughs> mm, yeah. But uh, look, it's a great result. And if Manchester United are not going to win the league, then I'd love for Ange and Tottenham to do it, sure. The game on the weekend, if United take their chance in the first half, then we're looking at something completely different. And that's not me looking at through red tinted yeah. glasses or anything, but United could have been up by a couple of goals at halftime. Mm. And United racked up more XG than Spurs did on week two, and Brentford put more XG up than Tottenham did on week one. So yeah. they are not getting the rub of the green. That's not the way to look at XG, but they are taking their chances. And the teams they're playing aren't as much. So I think four points on the board, Ange would absolutely have taken it. Yeah, I'm sure he would have envisioned it the other way around, yeah. the win and the draw. But mm-hmm. it's great to see the Tottenham supporters going crazy over Ange already. I'm sure you would have seen the uh, videos post-match on the concourse mm-hmm. for about half an hour after the full after full time singing an Ange Foster Cogley song. And look, I think it's something that we've been talking about a fair bit over the last six months. It is Tottenham are getting their club back. They've played some of the most uninteresting, boring football for three years now under pragmatic managers, Conte, Jose Mourinho and Nuno. Spurs are finally back to football somewhat resembling the Pochettino era. Yeah. Which is how they should play. Something that we've talked about. If you're not going to win silverware, why are you playing pragmatic? Well, that's right. That's right. If you're not going to win trophies, entertain at least. Well, yeah, maybe it's because the money's so well, so much more in the Premier League and that survival is paramount, right? I mean, not that Spurs yeah. were on the cusp of being relegated, but, you know. But even sides like Brighton and Brentford are, and Palace, who were, perhaps are. Yeah. On the on the threat of relegation, yeah. are, are playing. We're playing better football than Spurs were last year. But listen to this. So uh, Spurs next five games: Bournemouth, Fulham, Burnley. So they're all away, right? At home after the international break, Sheffield United, and then 
First real test, 24th September, North London derby. I Mark- would expect Spurs to be unbeaten heading into that North London derby. Marking that one down. Yes, same here. They may not win out all the games. You run through them and you would expect them to win each game. They'll be favourites for all those games that you mentioned up until the Arsenal match. They won't win them all. They'll drop a point or two somewhere along the way. But hey, it's a good start. And you mentioned that it's earlier than expected. I mean, it started pretty quick at Celtic too, the feeling. That's true. And well, yeah. The, the, yes, the little bit of a rough run in the European games, but that was only just when he got there. They lost, what, one or two games in the first season at the start, and then they went on the crazy win streak. I think this notion of a, a slow post start sort of comes from his time at Yokohama more than anything, where they were on the, what, was it the Briga relegation at one point? Yeah. And maybe you can put that down to a bit of a language barrier sort of thing. Maybe it's a, a stylistic thing as well. I think the way Ange plays suits English and Scottish football. And look, they still need a striker. Richarlison is not it. I've got question marks over Son, whether he's still got it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of personnel questions at Tottenham, but look, they're in a good spot now. And I expect it to continue. That's fair enough. Okay. Should we move to the leagues? Or have you got something else that you're looking forward to this weekend? Um, I reckon we've been gone for so long. I reckon we put the leagues off for next week. Okay, fair enough. Let's not worry about the leagues then. Because, yeah, I mean, this will be two hours. Yep. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, then, yeah, that's... I don't know. Like, that's, do you, no, you want to do it? No, no, no. We can put that off till next week. Okay. Gives us a chance to, to uh, re-familiarise ourselves with it as well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. And also, you know, there's a, the other thing I'm looking forward to is Australia Cup. I won't be able to get out there. But Sydney United are taking on Brisbane Raw on Saturday afternoon. Oof, big game. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very much looking forward to Sydney against Arpia. That will be a good one. That that's got be a real cup set vibes to it. Yes, it does. Uh, Arpia. You, what is it? Tuesday night, if you're not doing anything? Yeah. yeah. Get yourself to the game. That m- might be a go, actually, because uh, Arpia, uh, you know, have, uh, will basically. You know, just need a draw, I believe, to wrap up the NPL in New South Wales. Which so, I swear they've done that from nowhere because yeah, tell me I'm wrong, but they weren't anywhere near the title last year. No, they weren't. No, it was mainly was Blacktown. Yeah. Anyway. Mainly Blacktown and Sydney Olympic World. Mm. Yeah. So, no, very much the case. Very much the case. I reckon Arpia will pull it off. And the other thing I'm looking forward to is Real Madrid. Way to sell to Vigo. Just thought I'd slip that in. Yeah. Uh, since we're on that front, I'm but looking forward to an athletic club against Betis. I was going to say. <laughs> 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 yeah. Isn't that a big one? Mm, very much so. Mm. Big game. Mm. And the time is uh, depending on what would it be? It's 8.30 local. 5.30 in the morning on Sunday morning. Oh, it's, not, it's not great, is it? Uh, don't worry, I'll be watching it. I might watch the mini-match. You do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do that because uh, I will be sneaking in 5.30am tomorrow morning, Real Madrid, away to Celta Vigo, mm. as we record. The backbeggers will know the result of that. Yes, they will. They will indeed. With Real Madrid and... uh, getting another three points and uh, sitting pretty <laughs> in first. <laughs> And if they hadn't, <laughs> then your message is in. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's Les, right. I think we're getting to the point of uh, it's time to wrap up. Yes, it is. Pod. We've been rambling for some time. And but it's look, been I fun. think it has been fun. 
I think putting out somewhere between half an hour and an hour episodes for the past month, uh, this will be a shock to the system for yes. everyone out there listening. Yes. <laughs> and thank you in advance, Nathan. Yes. <laughs> Happy to do it. And thank you to all the listeners if you get to this point. I understand it's a, it's a long pod, but uh, uh, potentially uh, yeah. if you get stuck in some traffic, you can uh, hang around with us for a little bit longer. That's right. Hopefully we've had entertained you, nonetheless. Mm. And we look forward to uh, all your feedback if you do send it in, good, bad, and in between. Thank you very much for checking it out, and we'll speak to you soon. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Instagram at the back peg and on X. <laughs> I still can't sure. get used to calling it X, but okay. neither, neither, and neither. The former Twitter on X. I'm still going to call peg. Twitter. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. The good and thing about an Android phone is you can change it. And on my phone, it still says Twitter. Still Twitter. There you go. And I still got the bird. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe so, he killed the bird. Yeah. I can't believe it. <laughs> Can't believe it. Bring back the bird. Yep. But, um, hey, yeah. We spoke about crazy branding decisions about football clubs earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's just as bad. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you will buy a man You never know. Oh, jeez. He'll <laughs> change call. the names, put an X, an X in there somewhere. Man X. Yeah. Man X. There you go. Yep. Uh, take care all, and thanks for your listening. Yeah.